Thank you for joining us. What's going on, people? We are back. AJ Thomas in the field. What's going on, people? Shout out to you for joining us. Give yourself a hand clap. Hug yourself. Or if you buy a loved one, give them a hug. Or just dap it up. Mwah. Mm. So show some love. We glad. We are glad that y'all tuned in to us. And I would say that I've enjoyed this series that we have had uh, with the process. And I hope that you have been enjoying it as well. And we are going to wrap it up with the last episode. So we hope that you really, really buckle down because just like in the last two, where we delivered some content uh, for you from the word directly to help add value to your life. We're going to do the same thing tonight. So we want you to be, you know, just as involved as you were on the other two um, occasions. So, you know, without further ado, we are going to jump right into it. So, um, you know, the last two episodes, you know, first in the process, we started talking about um, the preparation stage and being able to understand that there are certain things that, you know, sometimes you are aware of when you are about to go through a process or just through a season. And it's important to understand how to really equip yourself so that way you're not just going through a situation without the, you know, recommended resources that can help you through that. And we also added some other elements, but at the core, we wanted to really help you to understand how can you best maneuver through a process and have the proper resources with you to help you through. And then what humiliation we talked about, you know, going through this season where it seems like you're being, you know, lowered in terms of your, your humanity, your state, and it can feel like you're alone at times. And sometimes it may feel like no one really understands you. But we also talked about, you know, some key nuggets for you to really realize and not fall into that um, depression state or a state of anxiety. But how you can really, you know, stand firm and continue to walk straight up even when there's opposition. And in this episode, we are definitely going to get into what the maturation process is or maturity, you know, as you're going through the process. So, you know, with each one, I always like to give a definition of the word because if we're going to use a word, it's important for us to understand what this word is as we apply it. So when I think of the word maturation, um, of course, when you look it up on the internet, it says the process of maturing. So when you think of you know, what is maturing. And maturing means to take from uh, an infancy state to where it's, you know, undeveloped, to bring it to a state where it is more developed, meaning that it has the required, you know, attributes that it needs to get to that final stage. So when you think about it, it's like if you were cooking something in the kitchen, and let's say if you ever use like a box uh, recipe, you know, whether it's like um, spaghetti or uh, was hamburger helper, was what, you know, what I knew growing up. I haven't used much box, you know, uh, staples since. But as an example, 
you realize that in order for that to really be developed, you have to go through the process of cooking it according to the instructions. And the same way it goes for maturation means that you have to take it from a point where it's undeveloped, meaning that it's not in that final development stage or ready to be presented to everyone else yet. But once it goes through that state, then it's ready to be matured. And so that's the definition of what maturation is. It is the action of maturing. And so kind of jumping into, well, you may say, well, Jerry, I, I hear what you're saying about preparation, humiliation. You know, why do I need to know about maturation and how can it really help me in what I'm dealing with? You know, my family or my job or even just in my personal life where I don't feel like my career is going the way I, I envisioned it. How can this really help me? Because you're just saying a lot of talk. You haven't even gotten to the Bible yet. Okay, well, let's get to the Bible then, shall we? So the first point when it comes to maturation is you have to realize that God is the greatest rewarder. And what I mean by that is sometimes you go through a process and you're wondering, well, I've been putting in all of this work and all this time and, you know, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in days and I feel like I'm just not getting rewarded like I should be. And so you're looking at, you know, your mate or you're looking at your boss like, why haven't I got my share? Like, I'm out here grinding. I'm getting it in, but it's not coming into my bank account or it's not reflecting in the way that I would like it to. And so it's important to realize, you know, as I said, that God is the greatest rewarder because when you're doing what God has called you to do, he will reward you as long as you continue to stick with the process and not give up. And what I mean by giving up is allowing words, you know, um, to hinder your progress moving forward. You realize that, I think it's in Proverbs 10, 18, 18, 10, where it talks about how life and death is in the power of the tongue. I can look it up for you. Okay, so at least she, she's going to look that up. But when you think about how your words can affect the progress that you've been made, You've been making so much great progress, and it only takes the words that you speak, them to be negative, to derail all of that progress. That was Proverbs 18, 18. 21. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. So it's Proverbs 18, 21, and it basically says that life and death is in, is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it would eat its fruit. Now, different versions may have uh, slightly different alterations of the verse but in you know briefly to put it that's what it means life can come out of you know your tongue death can also come out and so kind of really getting into well jerry how's god a great reward where where does it show it in his word okay so if you go through genesis and you can look back at genesis 37 to 38 um but this will be the beginning of uh, where it talks about Joseph and his brothers. And the last episode, we talked about how during that time, Joseph shared his dreams with his brothers. His brothers didn't like him. He was favored by his dad. 
So they had jealousy in their heart and they wanted a way to get rid of him. And so they ended up throwing him in his pit. He went through a process because it wasn't pleasant at all. He was, you know, abandoned by his brothers. You know, they didn't want him no more. They they gave him away for, you know, uh, money, you know, essentially. So when you think about that, Joseph went through a process and, you know, fast forward it. How did God reward Joseph? You know, he ended up being in jail for something he didn't do and stayed there for a while. And after a certain point in time, you know, Pharaoh had this dream, and this is fast forward up to, I want to say Genesis 40, Genesis 40 to, yeah, Genesis 40 to 42 chapters. And fast forward, Pharaoh had this dream, needed somebody to interpret. Joseph ended up, because he was diligent, because he didn't complain, even while he was in jail, he didn't, you know, curse God by any means, but he remained focused on what was at hand. And he knew that God, the same God that he served, the same God that gave him the dream, he realized that this same God will reward me or redeem me. And even up to that point, um, Joseph was able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. And I want to say that, that between... We look between verse uh, chapter 41 up until, yeah, it was actually in chapter 41 um, and verse 41. So chapter 41 and verse 41, uh, the New King James Version, it says, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Okay, so you think about all that Joseph has been through, you know, being abandoned by his brothers. You know, originally they wanted to kill him, and he's thrown in jail, accused of a crime that he didn't commit, and on top of that, he's just spending time in jail because of something he didn't do. And so when you think about that, what things could take place? Well, one is depression, because you feel like, well, I thought, God, that you gave me this dream, but ever since I opened up my mouth, nothing good has come from it. When I try to walk upright, then, you know, this person says something about me. And at the end of the day, they are actually lying on me and they get to walk away while I end up being caged like an animal. And Lord, what's going on? But then when you read this scripture, after all that that Joseph went through, and that's a process because I'm not sure if the Bible says it, but. I think it was years that Joseph was, was in jail. And even during that time, depression could have set in, anxiety could have set in, feeling abandoned, you know, by God could have set in. But this verse says that Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I, said, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So this means that Joseph went from being caged up to being over all the land of Egypt. And you have to realize Egypt was not a poor country. It was pretty plentiful. And to be over all the land meaning that Joseph was, his status just elevated. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean by God is a great rewarder when we continue to stay focused on him and not curse his name. 
because that's very important. And it's, many people can do it. And you may say, well, I don't actually curse God's name. Well, you can do it. You can say, Lord, I don't know why you're doing this. You're basically challenging and questioning God's authority for a situation that he has allowed you to be in. And then second, you allow, uh, you just allow yourself to be, you know, so vulnerable to different attacks. And so just want to make sure that everything is good with our lie. But I want to. Um, I can look into it while you finish. Yeah, I was finishing up. I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that. Um, in regards to like just ma the maturation process or what in general? In regards to the um, the maturation process about how God is a um, great rewarder. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, his word says so. Um, might need to look it up because it, or it might be in your notes where mm -hmm. it's a scripture that talks about he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Um, but he tells us in his word that he is uh, the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's through him is where we get our rewards from. Um, and even as children of God, we know that we're heirs to the kingdom of God. He, he lays up treasures for us um, in heaven. So these are the things that he's rewarding to his children. Um, so there is no greater rewarder than Christ, than um, our Lord and Savior, um, is what I would say. Of course, you know, here on earth, we may feel as though we seek rewards from man, you know, um, whether you play a scratch off or whatever and you win, you might be like, oh, great reward. And that, don't get me wrong, it's nice to win, you know, $300 or whatever the case may be. But, you know, we know that, you know, the best rewards come from our Heavenly Father. Think about when you uh, get something that money cannot just compare to. You know, it's such a good feeling. Um, and that feeling comes from the Lord. You know, money couldn't give it to you. A human being couldn't give it to you. Yeah. Sometimes only the things of God, things of heaven, you know, are the things that really give us joy and peace. Mm -hmm. And that scripture about he is a reward comes from Hebrews 11, verse 6. What does it say? Says, but without faith, it is impossible. Sorry, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must know, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Yeah. That's what I put. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good, and uh, <clears throat> like I said, that's one way, you know, to really, you know go through the maturation process without having to repeat it and so going on to the next point is you know in terms of well how does maturation really apply to me or what can i really learn from it and one of the things that i would also say is it's important to that as when you've gone through the process you realize that there are things that you may not realize god is doing that is bigger than you and so in this same scripture of genesis uh chapter 40 and it's it's lengthy because it goes from different uh chapters it's probably about five to seven chapters from genesis 38 
um, 39 to up to Genesis 45. Um, but this, between these chapters, is talking about Joseph and his brothers um, and his family. And when you think about that, you know, the reason why we talk about it, about this story a lot is because it's just a lot to get out of it because it's so many chapters that's still talking about it. And so when you think about it, okay, Joseph, you know, he he could have, you know, once he saw his brothers, you know, because he was over the entire land. And so that means that he has a certain level of power. So anything he says, you know, at the sound of his voice, if he has a servant or a bodyguard, and he says, hey, I want these men or these people executed, it could have been. And when you think about it, you know, when he saw his brothers, he could have said, hey, I want you to get rid of them. They did this to me, and so now they're going to pay. But instead, when you look back at Genesis, uh, I want to say 42, 43, um, I'll actually look that up specifically. But when you look at those chapters, you'll see that when Joseph saw his brothers, he started weeping. And he, he had turned his face. He can show everybody. And eventually, at some point, I'll fast forward. He actually talked to his brothers. He said, hey, I am Joseph. Because at that point, they didn't know who he was. They thought he was just, you know, someone that they didn't know. But when he said it to them, he was like, listen, don't be angry, which he says, because you sold me. You know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God has put me in this place for me to help you to provide for your family during this time of famine so that you don't go into poverty. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what it says and everything looking good. Yeah, it says we are, but I saw it was spinning. Okay, okay. So we just have to stop briefly and make sure we still good. Okay, so we're still going. Yeah. All right, so not to get off track, but when you think about that example of how Joseph could have ended the life of his brothers, he actually allowed, you know, what he learned through the process and he was able to say, hey, listen, I don't take any offense. You know, how I felt, that was how I felt. But I know that the God I serve, he had a bigger purpose for my life. And I am here to help save you all from what is to come. And even to help you to, to stir up, you know, because there was a family that was in the land and that was still going to be ongoing. And so even during that time, you know, Joseph had the ability to say, you know, I have life in my hand, which I can spare them, or I have death, which I could, you know, reward them for what they tried to do to me. But he allowed what God was showing him through that process, because if we take a step back, all the way back to when Joseph got the dream, you know, one of the things that many people overlooked was that, well, even though God showed Joseph the dream, God never told Joseph, hey, Joseph, I want you to go tell your brothers that they will bow down and serve you. And so that's the other part. When God tells you something, it's not for you to tell everybody because they may not respond with a, a generous greeting, so to speak. It's like telling somebody like, hey, you don't worship me, 
you think that's going to end well. <laughs> they may be throwing up the hands. You talk about laying on the hands. They may be they saying, say it to my face. So when you think about that, we can also see, okay, that was immaturity because to tell Joseph's brothers that, especially when they already had jealousy against him and they hated him, it showed ignorance on Joseph's part by not really acknowledging, okay, they don't like me that much. So if I tell them this, what could it do? And so because of that, that also led to certain events, you know, by Joseph being inexperienced or, you know, just wanting to tell everybody versus just saying, hey, shh, you don't have to tell everybody. This is between you and God. And when it comes out, then God will allow it. And I think it also gets to a point to where, and I hope I'm not taking the point that you have, but I think we all can relate to where God can anoint you for something, but that doesn't mean that you're appointed to do it at that time. So it's, it's more so to say that or I hope I'm not getting it backwards, but essentially God calls you to, to do something or he has an anointment or an appointment. But it doesn't mean that you have to go out right then and there. It could mean that it may take about some years for that to come to fruition or to pass. But it doesn't mean that you have to act quickly. It's like God saying, hey, I want you to be a teacher. Now, you know that at your current state, you don't have the desire to teach kids, but yet you go out and apply for a job, and then you're wondering why, you know, you keep getting fired from your job or why you end up quitting. Well, it's because that even though God placed a calling on your life, God also placed a calling on your life for you to take steps in order to fulfill that calling. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to be a teacher, that means that you have to go through the requirements in order to be an effective teacher. So it was the same thing that, you know, while Joseph received this dream and the insight from the Lord, you know, the immaturity led to these events coming up because his brothers didn't receive that will, nor did his dad receive that will. And so that's another aspect of, you know, when you're going through this maturation process, you know, it's important to realize that, you know, Though God may appoint you or want you to do something, it's important to always check to say, okay, how does this actually look before I actually just go out there and try to make something happen? Or God told me that I'm going to be a millionaire, so I'm just going to open quit my job. But how are you going to eat for the next day? Because you only got $100 in your bank account. <laughs> okay. Um, anything you have for that, Alicia? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's important. I I want to think about the maturation process where you were saying like he could have had his brothers killed, but he didn't. I think that's just a certain level of maturity there. When you know that you have the power to take matters essentially in your own hands and, you know, by the law, you might be justified to do it, um, but you choose not to, you know, that alone is maturing, you know, that's a mature person because he could have had his brothers killed. I mean, essentially, I think what Joseph was at that time being over all of Egypt would be like a president or a governor or a senator, someone of a high esteem position. So 
think of like governors and presidents, they have power to, you know, obviously take someone out of jail, put someone in jail, things of that sort. Um, and so Joseph at that time could have, but I think there's a certain level of maturity that comes from being like, I realize that this person made a mistake, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to play on their mistake. I'm going to take the higher road. I'm not going to, you know, basically uh, try to be the victim. Because, I mean, essentially he was, but yeah. he didn't rely, like, he didn't continue to dwell on that and be like, well, I was the victim. I was just a child and you gave me away. Mm -hmm. No, he matured and he was able to see, like, you know what? They made a mistake and I'm in a position where I can help them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help them. So I just think for me, when I, when I, think about that part of the process that we're talking about that's important that's that's a key uh part of the process you know because sometimes you're gonna have to move past and not think about you know the hurt that came with it mm -hmm. or not wanting to dwell on it of course as humans we do feel pain we do feel anger mm -hmm. but we don't have to let our emotions control us in the decisions we make we can choose, you know, to do what's right. We can choose to um, act in the fruits of the spirit. So we can choose to act in kindness um, rather than, you know, be petty, you know? Yeah, that's good. I appreciate that. That's good. So going to our last point so that we can wrap it up. But the last point in terms of the maturation process is, you know, comes from First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, um, one of my favorite verses. But I think it's very key is you have to always rejoice, pray without ceasing, in uh, everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I'm going to break that down because you can gloss over easily. But the importance of rejoicing means that even when you're going through a process, whether you like it or not, it's important to always rejoice in the Lord. Now, it's not you saying that, Lord, I thank you for me getting into an accident. No. <laughs> or it's not saying, Lord, thank you for me back talking because, you know, I know that I shouldn't have said this to so-and-so, but, you know, I just thank you. No, it's not that type of part of people. But it's more so of saying, Lord, even though I'm going through a situation that I don't like, I'm just going to praise you, Lord, because you are the most high God. And I just can't see everything like you see it. You know, I, I wish I could see things better, but in my state, I'm just going to trust you, Lord. And I just want to give you the praise that you deserve. Even in this situation, I can't control it, but I know that you can. And I know that you have all the power. And so rejoicing is basically a way of not thinking about what's going on because it's easy to start dwelling on it. And you just start to go down this tunnel where it's just, it gets darker and darker and darker. But then when you start to rejoice, you start to go to the light. And when you do that, you start to realize, man, it's actually, it's not as bad as, as I thought it was. Like, I don't have that weight that's heavy on me, but I can actually breathe. And then the part about 
you know, being able to pray um, without ceasing, you know, prayer, you know, what I define is communication with God. Um, now, even though meditating is not included here, meditating is more so listening from God and thinking about what God has said. And so when you think about praying without ceasing, having communication with God, meaning that you're talking with God, because you're not just talking to God because God is always responding, whether he sends someone or whether it's through an audible voice, God is always speaking. So I want you to understand that prayer is not just talking to God and just saying, well, Lord, I pray that this happens, amen. And then you go on about your day on your day on social media, not really thinking about what you just said, but it's important that as you're praying to God that you're intentionally saying, okay, Lord, even though I said this, I want to know what your will is for me. And I just want to sit here for however long to really hear from you or to just even sit in your presence. But it's also just being able to have times to talk with God. You know, now some people may say, well, do I have to get on my knees to formally pray? Well, if I'm at work, you can pray even while you're sitting down at work, while you're walking, while you're even in the bathroom or while you're even driving. You can pray anywhere. It doesn't have to be limited to that. Now, it's good that when you get on your knees, you're praying to God because it's an act of, you know, really being devoted and really, you know, having more focusedness. But God wants to just know, like, hey, what's going on with you throughout the day? Like, okay, how did you feel about this meeting that you were just in? Talk to me. Or how did you feel about, you know, when your child did something you know, that you didn't like and a situation happened, tell me how are you feeling? You know, God wants that communication from us verbally, not just in our minds, but it's important that we speak it out. Because again, going back to Proverbs 18, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so even as we pray, we can speak life over the situation that it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be, well, I wish this person would do this. I just want to it don't have to be that type of party, people. No, it does not. It can be, okay, my God will do this. This situation is going to go positive. I'm not going to speak nothing negative. And that's just how it's going to be. And you have the ability in your mouth, in your tongue, to speak life over that. And then going to the third part of that, which is, you know, giving um, and everything to give thanks. And this is just a way of, you know, expressing to God, though I could have received worse what I received. If you were in an accident, you could have thought, well, I could have been in a worse accident. But, Lord, I just thank you that you saved me, that I didn't have a scratch on my body, that you've allowed me to see another day, even though I know that life is not promised. I know that you could have just allowed me not to even see a new day or to even get the promotion that I got, even though it may not have been what I expected, but I do thank you for what you are doing. And it's being able to thank God for where you are because that shows God, okay, if you can be thankful for what I'm doing in your life, then I can entrust you with more versus if you're not going to be thankful for what I give you, then you may not be a good steward over that. Because one, you don't thank me. Two, 
you could have your own motives which could mess up what you were actually praying for. And so it's important that you know we embody this concept of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, that we really take it seriously. Because I want to challenge you that any command in the Bible, you know, whether it's God and God or Jesus or even one of the apostles, wherever there's a command, that is for us to follow. And if we don't do it, then that's known as sin. And it's important that when we're going through the maturation process, that all we questions to ask are, are, are we being obedient? Do we really trust in God? Do we believe that God is who he say he is, even during this situation? Do we believe that God can rescue us from this situation or can show us ourselves in this situation? Do we believe that we can grow from this situation? If this situation were to repeat itself, do I have enough maturity to go through this situation again without being defeated? These are just some questions to ask as you're going through the maturation process. And even questions that we've had to ask ourselves, because I tell you that if you don't do it right the first time, it will repeat itself. And so family, we want you to be encouraged by this. We don't want you to repeat the cycle or a special process that was, you know, troubling or it could have been terrifying for you. We don't want you to have to repeat that. We want you to get it right the first time because God has so much for you and we don't want you to close the door on what God wants to do for you. So we want you to keep these principles that we share with you and go back over them. Genesis uh, 39 through 45 First um, Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verses 16 through 18, um, even in Proverbs 18, verse 21. Like, really read over these scriptures, meditate over them, and just trust, like, if you made up to this point, God is doing something amazing. Because like we first said, he is a great rewarder, and the best reward is for you to realize, okay, this is who I was, but this is who I am now because of this. Okay? So... We pray that you were blessed by that family. If you were, show us some love, please. Give us a like, give us a share. Tell somebody about us because, uh, like I said, we just enjoy sharing the word with you. And um, Alicia, did you have any uh, final words for the listeners? Yeah, so I just want to thank everyone who has joined us, even if tonight was your first night listening to us um, during this uh, series. Uh, we want to say thank you, um, as well as thank you to those who have followed up, followed us for the last three weeks on our series, The Process. Mm -hmm. We really hope you guys gained something from the messages, or it, even if you were only able to listen to just one, we hope that you were blessed and you were able to receive something that can benefit you and in your spirit. We hope that it was good and nourishing to you in your body and your spirit. Um, and we just want to say thank you. For joining us um <clears throat> i will say just I don't, I don't know if you want me to say it or you can say it. Oh, yeah. we will be uh well not live next thursday it's thanksgiving so we want you all to spend time with your family yes. and your friends and your loved ones please do that um as we'll be spending thanksgiving with our family mm -hmm. so we'll join you all i guess the first week in december first week yeah. so we'll be back first week or 
it could be, you know, whatever the Lord puts on our heart. But we're planning to be back the first week in December with an amazing, amazing topic that you don't want to miss. So we pray that next week you enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Show some love to the family. Don't be giving them the cold shoulder or, you know, certain family members. But show some love. Be thankful. And go into Thanksgiving with the mindset of, you know, Lord, what can I give versus what can I receive? You know, many times we go in thinking, oh, what am I going to eat? What desserts? But really think about it in terms of, I want this Thanksgiving to be different. So let me think about what can I give? So we just want to challenge you with that. And also enjoy yourself. You know, make sure you um, just spend time with family. You know, life is very precious. And it's important that we um, just make the best um, opportunities out of the time that we spend with our family. Okay? So, any other? That's all I have. That's all. Okay. So, just thank y'all for joining us. I want to give a shout out to our sister in Christ, um, Sister Tina France, doing some amazing stuff. Uh, make sure y'all check out her uh, social media. I want to say, uh, the word, the word, girl. I want. I don't want to add the word speaks, but the word, girl. Um, the word, girl. Okay, the word, girl. Make sure you show our system some love. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to my brother, uh, Mister Inspire. Uh, check him out on social media. I went to conference today for him. He did amazing. His debut public speaking. Um, our brother in Christ, Mister um, Edwin Beeks. It's lovely white Kalina Beeks. So I just want to give a shout out. To them and um, anybody else I know, for me to give a shout out, I don't mind, you know, going on the list. But these are just two of our family um, in the faith um, who are doing some amazing things in the space to enhance people's lives in different areas. And so we just wanted to shout them out. And last but not least, make sure y'all follow us on social media, whichever platforms you're most active on. We want y'all to follow us. You don't have to follow us on everyone, but whichever one you're most active on because that's what we want to give you our best and with that we just want to thank you for joining us on a lovely edition of the yes absolutely thank so, you guys so thank much. you all have a good evening